0: Welcome to the Pod, where our mission is to improve the productivity and profitability of the construction industry, our mantra is safer, faster, smarter, easier, and our measure of success is making a positive impact on your business, wherever you're listening from. My name's Adam, and part of my job at Prida is to look over the horizon and help our customers and their customers achieve long-term success. I don't have a crystal ball. I do have access to some of the industry's most respected experts in fabrication, building design and the cutting edge of research. I hope you enjoy these opportunities to step back from the day to day and explore the topics that will shape the future of building. Apologies to our listeners for missing our episode last week. We had a big week of events for our team including our Prida Software showcase and the first AIBS chapter conference in New South Wales since 2019. It was a big week, but we're back today for a conversation with Matthew Lennox, founder and managing director of Stormseal. Matthew has over 30 years of experience in building and project management. This episode is a little different. We don't have sponsors or commercial partners for the podcast, so we generally don't focus on a specific product. We're making an exception this week because for this product to gain adoption, we'd need to see some changes in the way we build that I think could contribute to higher quality frames and homes, and that's definitely something we like to talk about we're diving into Matthew's experience in protecting homes from further damage after storms and other disasters, and exploring what benefits could be brought to the home-building process if frames were protected and enclosed almost as soon as they went up. Hi, Matthew, and welcome to the PriderPod.
1: Thanks, Adam, and pleasure to be here.
0: So today's episode started from a conversation about ways to protect homes that were damaged or under construction, and then it very quickly snowballed into a much bigger discussion about how do we build and whether it's time to challenge some of the long-standing practices that we do have in the building industry. But before we get into that conversation, you've had some interesting experience working in post-disaster situations where homes have been badly damaged. So maybe to set the scene for today, do you have some war some stories you can share about what can go wrong in extreme situations and what have you learned about protecting timber frames?
1: Sure, Adam. Yeah, I mean, the storm seal um originated from me looking at post-disaster um damage back in 2007 and so what happened we had a significant hailstorm in sydney and um you know it was a very similar weather pattern back in 2007 8 9 as it is right now so this la niña weather pattern where we're seeing uh, above average rainfalls so we had like two and a half thousand homes with tarps on a, under my direct control. And what we found um, in my background was more so from large scale construction, working for Lend Lease. And then when we looked at this as a, you know, holistically as, as, a, as a one event and two and a half thousand tarps out, we noticed that um, for the insurance space, we had to assess the damage. Uh, firstly, obviously cover the house with a tarp Then we had to assess the damage, we had to estimate the damage, and then we had to submit it to the insurer for approval. Um, That process took about four weeks. And in Australia, um, and not so much Australia, even anywhere in the world, um, you get subsequent storms that occur. And what we found was that once we'd completed that process, another storm came through, ripped the tarps off, and then we found that there was more damages and the homeowners ringing. So we had to go back out, reassess, then re-estimate and then, you know, resubmit variations or whatever um, for the for the claim to the insurer. And it wasn't until, you know, uh, like sort of six months into the process that we realised this is happening four or five times per claim. So it was an extremely poor waste of time, money and energy in regards to um you know trying to i guess deal with and manage the storm response mm. and you know that that obviously led to enormous time blowouts and enormous cost and 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 anxiety like the anxiety for the homeowner was palpable and so that's when i realized that we you know there must be a better way um, and that's where the original idea for a storm seal came from really trying to deal with that situation and deal with the government that was uh, of the day that was managing the repair process and the insurance networks. And so, um, you know, sort of almost 15 years down the track um, is the product that you see today, which is uh, a polyethylene film that heat shrinks um, to a damaged roof or wall to weather that person in for. life of the claim so instead of resetting that process with tarps every time the tarp blew off it reset the process what we're going to do we're going to go out there we're going to put the product on which serves as obviously mitigation of water in entry into the home but it's also um a tool to make repair managers or builders more efficient Um, because if they're not you know they've got all these tarps out and then when the wind blows or the rain picks up instead of having that programming, you know, that they've got for the week, all of a sudden they're racing back to the job and trying to put the tarp on. So it, it disrupts yeah. their programming. Um, and it just makes, yeah, them you know, their management of of, um, of their work is more efficient. So, yeah, th- so that's basically um, what Storm Seal is and how it came about.
0: Yeah, I think especially the current situation that we have at the moment with... Construction costs rising, labor costs are rising, the availability of labor and the ability to schedule a build is a challenge. Um, I have a two-story home going up outside my window that I've been watching and, you know, the first story has been sitting there for a couple of weeks now and just trying to get trades back to finish. The second story around weather and other challenges is, you know, proving difficult. So I think, you know, you've identified a real need there for the greater predictability in the building process, which is fantastic. Um I was wondering if we walk back some of those experiences that you had uh, seeing frames that had become damaged and we'll have a look at the original construction of those homes. Was there anything that you've observed over the years of the original way that those homes were constructed and the way that we are building houses today and any potential areas that we have for improving building practices?
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, the the, the way that... um, we construct at the moment. Everyone is trying to reverse build. Uh, well, it's a it's a, it is a hot topic in regards to trying to um, you know get the slab down, get the services in, slab down, frame up, and encapsulate that home as quick as you can. And and you can only see obviously today in Melbourne, or, or more so yesterday in Melbourne, you know having a hundred mils, two hundred mils of rain in some parts. Um, it is challenging, right? So anything that we can do to try to um, Accelerate that program is is beneficial for not only just the homeowner because the homeowner is often you know renting perhaps or living with in laws or whatever until that building gets um, constructed or the home gets constructed, but also the builder to be able to draw down upon progress payments and and be efficient in regards to those progress payments um, coming from the banking institutes and and so forth. So so definitely you know in my time um you know being involved with the construction industry for the past 30 years um you know you only have to look at a a home that may have been a project home that has sat in the weather for uh an extended period of time to look at the bottom cord of the rafter if you eyeball the ceiling and you can see the movement that's happened within that that those frames right um and and a, a lot of it comes down to that construction cycle you know um having um, a house that sits there for an extended period of time in weather, um, but then it gets dried out, um, and and you know then again it rains, and and also you know we're kind of in a perfect storm at the moment coming out of the backside of COVID, where you know we've had enormous enormous prices in in products which have delayed things, um, and also um, the trade base is not there. You know there's you know everyone's tried to construct. Um, perhaps off federal government funding at a particular point in time. And so that's pushed the industry to its absolute limits and and therefore things take longer. So instead of a home being built in, you know, seven months, you're looking at maybe 12 to 13 to 14 months. And so that extended period of time, um, you know, yeah, there there, there becomes issues with with actually trying to get the work done. So um, I guess for for what our product is, is trying to do for the marketplace is really at at the point of when your service is going the ground to the slab that is poured, to the frames that are erected, if we can effectively wrap the roof and the walls uh, and that remains in situ, at that point in time, inclement weather is removed from the program. So we're doing nothing else other than, um, you know, really taking one asset or one one part of the program if you like and and pulling that forward on the on the Mm -hmm. critical part and therefore um we're increasing productivity by doing nothing more than you know changing the the timing when it goes in on the program so that's what um you know we've been looking at with a number of builders around australia um in respect to to um getting that on and, and trialing it um to see whether or not that's something that um that you know may be a a mainstream for construction and i guess we've been talking about this more in detail over the last two years and coming out of the backside of um uh springfield hail uh, the springfield lakes hail event which was in queensland um you know you you could they the the large format you know commercial home builders couldn't get roofers and so they were looking at trying to continue to build but what could they use so Um, You know, it it hasn't been um, something that's just, you know, overnight we've thought of. It's been a long process of actually getting this, I guess, market ready um, and, you know, having an accredited network of installers to be able to put it on the homes. Um, And at that point, once it goes on, yeah, that builder, you know, the electrician's roughing in if if it's raining, the plumber's roughing in, Mm -hmm. Um, perhaps there's wall contracting or plasterboard that's going in um, because they're weather protected. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so you're taking, I guess, what has historically been a, a key milestone in construction of this lock up stage where you have this uh, handover or this enablement of other trades to come in and, and start work. And I mean, essentially, you sort of, you're, as you say, you're bringing that forward. You're getting to the point where you can work w- within the frame much, much earlier in the build. And that has, uh, as you described, you know, a lot of positive impact on the overall construction program.
1: Yeah, the the program for one and there's a lot of benefits as you know I mentioned a little bit earlier there, you know, it's the it's the homeowner making sure that they can get in when they when they you know plan. Like if it's seven months, yeah, we're gonna be moving in. We can guarantee um, it's like a surety for that homeowner mm-hmm. that, you know, their rent is gonna end at that point, or you know, a surety for the banking system that those progress payments are gonna flow um I guess uh, more stream-like and, and also that works for the builder right so he's allowed to draw down across those progress payments more um free, not so much frequently but as per the program yeah, um, and therefore that makes yeah. yeah when you're building you know you know if you look at it, just one home two homes three homes you can manage that but when you're looking at you know 20 plus homes or you know 100 plus or three 400 homes it becomes a real critical tool in, in managing that cash flow um, as they go through uh, construction. So, um, yeah, it's got benefits that I think um, suit, um, you know, multifaceted industry, you know, whether it be the builder, the homeowner, the banking institutes, you um, and and also the suppliers too, you know. Um, you know the suppliers. If the the building's delayed for whatever whatever reason, um, there's flow-on effects that you know that maybe people don't actually see. So um, yeah, it's it's a I, I see it as a win-win for for um, yeah for the construction industry and and homeowners.
0: I mean, how, how have those conversations been going with builders? Because I guess this this is a quite a significant departure from traditional ways of building, perhaps the way that things would have been quoted and planned out and some changes in uh, milestones and processes that have been around for a very long time. So what's the reaction been from builders to, I suppose, a willingness to change up their methods and and really rethink the process of construction?
1: Well, I think it's, you know, I think uh, there's a lot of appetite for new ideas and innovation in construction so the, the appetite is definitely there you are right it is difficult to change people's perception and and what they've done over the last however many years and it's a bit like what we've found in the in the insurance space you know people they go to the you know the path of least resistance with it, which is a tarp put it on the roof yeah we'll put it on um you know it, it's raining at the moment we'll put it on but it's not going to last there for six months, you know, like, um, and so that changing that perception or the status quo has been really difficult, you know, the, the benefits of, of, in that storm response industry, but I think we've made some great inroads there. And likewise with the construction industry, I believe that, that, um, you know, with the recent weather events and with the, you know, I guess, you know, you see the flooding in the Northern rivers and Brisbane um you know on the backside of major hail events um we've got this la nina weather pattern back for the for the third year and you know they are looking outside of that box to get you know something done that's more progressive i guess um so yeah the the appetite certainly there and i think you know the construction industry is is one that you know they do embrace innovation so i think that um You know, we're we're trialling our first couple of homes down in Melbourne uh, with Henley Constructions and we'll be doing that uh, within the next couple of weeks and then we'll sit there and and look at it and make sure that everything's working out and and develop our systems off the back of that Um, and then extrapolate that maybe, you know, to Queensland. We'll do a number of homes up there in New South Wales and and, um, really see the benefits, I guess, from the back off the back of of actually having it weather sealed, um, and then that builder getting on with what they are expected of doing, which is managing that construction and, and getting the home built for the homeowner. So it's exciting.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it sounds good. I suppose one of the main demographics we have in terms of our listenership for the podcast are frame and trust fabricators. So I'm kind of I'm wondering where do they fit into this process, and are you working with them as part of the process at all, and what can be done during that design and prefabrication? process uh to assist in this you know greater certainty and greater speed of construction
1: yeah well we haven't engaged with them uh too much at this point in time because it's it's really um uh you know their systems are embedded in into construction as it is at the moment Mm -hmm. so what we want to do is actually get out there and try it in the field um and get those learnings we'll take those learnings back to the trust and frame fabricators and say, look, if we did this at this point in time, or can this change to excel, you know, to, to accept, um, I mean, the film is like a 200 micron, 250 micron uh, polyethylene film. So, you know, going up against sharp, sharp edges or, um, uh, you know, rip points and stuff like that, Mm. you know, could be problematic. Um, So it's about, you know, working around, I guess, what is currently produced and then, you know, once we get those learnings, going back to them and, and seeing if there can be some changes made. But maybe there's no changes to be made. But I, I certainly think that from a frame and trust fabricator point of view, it going out of the factory, it's machine quality. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. to the millimetre. It is engineered. It is a product, a perfect product. Any kind of protection that we can offer that product out in the field I think would be welcomed you know i think it's um uh you know not having that exposure to five six days of rain and then you know it's 38 degrees for a week and then you know we get another 10 days of rain and and you know there's a delay on the roofing and oh you know i mean you know certainly the engineered components within a home so your lvl's your plywood bracing your um you know yellow tongue flooring um you know they all have sort of limits you know but you know they say for instance yellow tongue flooring 90 days uh, you you know exposure mm-hmm. but that's not 90 days where you've cut the board to fit into the wall framing or you know in, into the top plate or you know it, it's it, there's cut points on that so as soon as you cut it you've got an issue um so it's about trying to protect those elements in the home and you know, at the end of the day, w- what we're doing is providing a better finished product for that homeowner. You know, something that they're going to live in for the next maybe 50 years or 40 years. And so, you know, you often say that the home is your greatest asset. It's really protecting that from the get-go um, and then trying to reduce that building movement that occurs. You know, we know that that building movement occurs from a single-storey to a double-storey to a multi-storey house and trying to, I guess... um work within the parameters of when it comes out of the factory and keep those parameters. Yeah, so I think it's Mm -hmm. exciting nonetheless just for that fact alone.
0: Yes, I mean, I appreciate it's early days with this, but do you have any metrics so far or or an estimate, I suppose, of the potential savings in terms of time to build and also the potential costs of of using a system like this?
1: Well, look, I mean, we don't have any of that data, but what we do know that, you know, we're, we're talking about a, $85 billion industry um, in regards to to construction and any productivity gain without actually changing anything really on the program other than, you know, pulling, you know, disrupting the program by pulling something Mm. that goes just before the wall and roof cladding to at an earlier stage um, can have profound impacts on on that construction market. Um, and therefore, the time. I mean, I know that, um, you know, it's it's not uncommon. Like, uh, you know, back when we were at, um, you know, construction, you know, do, you know, doing construction management, we operated at 15% in Clement weather. Uh, that has now moved to 18% in Clement weather as part of the program. So, say, for instance, we were to pull out 6% of that in climate weather delay from from when we um, apply the product, whether it be commercial or or residential, it, it's a, it's enormous benefits you know that that flow on from that, um, that may not be um, easily identifiable, but in the long term, it's 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 certainly something that's going to be a cost saver and and obviously a time saver.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So. I guess if we do have any you know, builders who are listening or fabricators who are listening today, that might be interested in and in finding out more about storm seal or some of these jobs that you're doing and and what the process might look like. Um, what can you tell us about, I suppose, about the product and and how to reach you and, and how to get involved?
1: Sure, sure, yeah. So, um, you know, based off the back of the storm industry, we we opened up, and also I should mention we had an Australian federal government grant, which was the AC, which is Accelerating Commercialization Grant, Mm -hmm. which allowed to get all the information out of my head and put it (laughs) into training centres. So we have training centres around Australia where contractors can simply go and get trained and become certified and accredited in the application. So that's kind of a really big ticket item because um, a lot of people just drive to the website thestormseal.com so www.stormseal.com they can go on there look at when the training dates are on um, book in through pinnacle height safety and training a two-day training course and become accredited Uh, then they can buy the products online so we issue a username and password we don't sell to everybody we we want to be able to to make sure that contractor understands the mechanics of it. it is it is a new product going into the market so um it's really about you know becoming trained becoming accredited buying through our website um and and trialing on a, on a on a home that you're building um you know if, if not that um what they can do is reach out to an accredited installer that's closest to them so again on the storm seal site you can put in your postcode and your closest installer will come up which could you know provide a price for you you know um you know prior to you constructing the home and you incorporate that into the build um and then you're giving that insurity one you're going to get progress payments on time and two you're going to finish the home for the homeowner which is huge because you know they have a good experience they tell their friends Um, maybe like yourself building your new home you might have Certainly consulted with your friend and group, you know, group friend network and, and seen who has had a good experience and that's who you want to go with. So um, so that's, yeah, that's how you you um, learn more about Storm Seal at the site. Um, certainly you can give us a call at the office um, and speak to one of the team. So, um, yeah, we're, we're available all the time.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you touched on a lot of what we're at to- Pida. Uh, are trying to do, you know, we love innovation, we're all about getting the best quality timber homes into the market, using timber to the best of its abilities, uh, and protecting it as well, and that's part of it, and that's part of getting the best performance out of a timber, you know, wall frames and roof trusses. Um, and also that speed of construction, so um, it's been a big theme for us at Pride over the last few years, is is how do we speed up the process and, and maintain the high quality of residential building. So I think you've hit on a lot of those points, I'm very interested to see your journey in, uh, you know, your efforts to improve building practices and to find different ways to, you know, to build homes in ways that, that do protect them and, and deliver the highest quality homes that are going to last for hopefully, you know, a very, very long time and keep uh, their occupants happy and healthy. So, healthy, yes. yeah, um, which ties in very nicely to some of our previous episodes with uh, Dr. Tim Law talking about some of the, the health risks of homes you know whatever the framing material is once moisture and things get into uh good construction materials that can have all sorts of deleterious effects on health so that's right. been a the theme of construction this is a really nice flow on i think in terms of uh some of the new things that are coming to market and how you can avoid those problems in the first place
1: 100 percent. yeah uh, i've got a lot of time for tim a uh, very knowledgeable guy and and um certainly you know um Working with professionals like that um, can be a game changer for the industry.
0: Absolutely. Well, speaking of game changing, I think you've uh, you've certainly described one possible innovation in the future to change things up. So, thank you very much for your time, Matthew, and we really appreciate you coming on the Pride Pod.
1: It's a pleasure, and thanks for having me.
0: That's all for today's Pride Pod. Thanks for listening, and thank you to Matthew for sharing his experience and ideas. Don't forget to check out our show notes to take a deeper dive for yourself or download some resources to share with your team. Join us again next week as I once again talk to Dr. Tim Law, whose episode on moisture, condensation and mould has so far been our most popular and eye-opening. This time we're giving Tim free reign to explore his best ideas for how to combat these issues and build healthier homes. If you enjoyed today's episode, we encourage you to share it with your friends and colleagues and make sure to subscribe by Apple, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. If you have any ideas for future topics or just want to drop me a line, I'd love to hear from you. Find me on LinkedIn or email me at adolson at prideranz.com. Thanks for listening.